Blog Talk Radio. in Las Vegas. You're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's Page One with LaVar and Mary on Blog Talk Radio. Well, it took so long to open the show that it's just time to say thank you for being with us and good night, everybody! No, 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 it's not the end of the show, even though it did take a couple of minutes. Welcome, Darn. Blog Talk Radio Nation. Happy New Year. You are tuned into page one. Of course, that was Stan Freeberg, if you uh, haven't uh, had a chance to ever listen to him, but... Um, Happy New Year. It seems today for the first day of the year, I hope that this is not indicative of the rest of the year, but today has gone by very fast. But as we have done in 2020, as we have done in the past, of course, I am always joined by my wonderful friend, Mary. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I'm good. How are you? uh, So there was two major things there at the top of the show. Uh, Two things that I know that New Year's misses. One, was Dick Clark counting down to the new year. And actually the funniest thing in doing my research and trying to get the clips for tonight's show, there's actually a montage of him counting down to the new year. And I forgot what year that was. But that was very rare for him to just say Happy New Year. On all of the corresponding clips afterwards, he mentions the year. So he would say, happy 1977, happy 1979, or so on and so forth. But that was the one lone year out of all the countdowns in which he just said, happy new year. So, yeah. He forgot what year it was. Yeah, pretty much. And then the other one, of course, Guy Lombardo's old Lang Syne, um Guy Lombardo, who was off for like 40 That nobody knows the words to anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nobody knows. <laughs> it was on for 48 years. Um doing New Year's on CBS. Um, that's that's a long time before he passed away in 1977. Um, but, yeah, that's... Had to make room uh, for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, yeah. After Guy Lombardo, I think it continued on for a few more years with his band and I think his brother, uh, who did it on CBS, and then they kind of, like, did way with it. Uh, I think one of my earliest recollections of New Year's Eve we didn't really watch Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve until maybe like the late 80s, early 90s on New Year's Eve. It was always a local New Year's Eve. And uh, for those of you uh, who are not from Chicago, uh, the local weather forecaster on the CBS affiliate, uh, John Coughlin, used to do, <laughs> used to do New Year's uh, 
in Chicago on State Street, there is there used to be a Walgreens, big, huge Walgreens. And he would be on the roof of the Walgreens at State Street. And if the weather was bad, it was like the worst the crowd got. And it's actually on YouTube where they got so rowdy, they started pelting poor John Coughlin with snowballs when he's trying to do New Year's countdown. And every year I look forward <laughs> to seeing him getting pelted by snowballs. <laughs> I know it's bad, but yeah. Uh, I was gonna say that's a little evil. I'm just a it, little evil. You know, I think even he was kind of concerned at some point, and it was one of those things where he was like taking it all in stride. But it's like the crowd down below, and it was he was at least like three stories up, so you had to have a really good arm to like just whip a snowball up there and hit somebody. So yeah, it, they would just pelt him to like no end, and. uh yeah, poor John. Uh, he, he took it like a pro. Yeah. Uh, but today being January, <laughs> it doesn't change. In the Almanac today, today, today is National Bloody Mary Day. Um, today is also National Hangover Day. You don't have a hangover, do you? <laughs> I do not. <laughs> today is uh, tomorrow. We have National Buffet Day. Uh, I miss buffets. <laughs> National Cream Puff Day, oh. National Science Fiction Day, uh, National Personal Trainer Awareness Day, and then on uh, Sunday, uh, National Fruitcake Toss Day, uh, Drinking Straw Day, and Chocolate Chocolate Covered Cherry Day. So that's from the almanac for you. Uh, the physical therapist thing makes me laugh. Because it's yeah. also national, I'm going to start my workout day. Pretty much. And now I'm going to need a physical. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, January's got, like, a lot of observances. Uh, this is the also the start of Diet Resolution Week, uh, National Silent Record Week, Celebration of Life Week, uh, New Year's Resolution Resolutions Week, National Mocktail Week is next week. So if you uh, <laughs> wanted to catch that, and while I'm thinking about it, um, a lot of national months, but it's also National CBD Month. Sarah J will be on Sunday night, which leads me into that nine o'clock Eastern time, eight o'clock Central. Uh, she actually now has a line of CBD products. So I didn't time it that way, but it's National CBD Month, and she's going to be on. So we'll talk about that. <laughs> but we're actually uh, excited to have her back. Um, so we'll do all of that. There's so much to talk about tonight. Um, one of the things to start off, we played Old Lang Syne at the beginning. And, of course, you said the one in which no one knows the tune, but everybody knows the song. And I saw an interesting question this week uh, from our local radio station here on Facebook. And they said that what song do you recognize as soon as it starts? And... You, I was going to say, do you want my answer? Because I have a bunch. Go ahead. I'd love to hear your answers. Like, instantaneously. Like, the, there's a lot. We, I know that we discussed this a few days ago. Gosh, it's been a few days, hasn't it? Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, instantaneously. Um, living on a Prayer. Uh, thriller. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, Carry On My Wayward Son. Um uh, Hotel California. Like I can name a bunch that like as so- uh, old time rock and roll. As soon as it starts, it's like, oh, I know this song. Now whether or not I know the words, completely separate. Tom Sawyer, I hate that song, but as soon as it starts, I know what it is. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I I was going to get like the first few seconds of that, but I wasn't going to. Do that. <laughs> I'm not going to start the year off on the wrong foot. I just hang up, be done. Like, hey, the show's over for me. Thanks. Take it out, everybody. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I'm a rush so man. No. That's the worst part. Yeah. So everyone wrote what they thought was a song that they recognized as soon as it starts. Somebody put uh, the beginning of the thriller, which yeah, I mean, everybody knows that one. Uh, even beat it. Thunderstruck. Um, mm-hmm. Someone said Mandy by Barry Manilow. <laughs> um, of 
course, any Beatles song, uh, especially A Hard Day's Night, uh, Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Uh, mm. And then uh, someone said Night Moves by Bob Seger. That actually got a few votes. Uh, Hotel California was there. Uh, Carry On Wayward Son by Kansas. Uh, September by Earth, Wind, and Fire got a few votes. Long Cool Woman in a Black Dress was actually quite a few in there. And um, Joy to the World by Three Dog Night. Uh, Cashmere by uh, Led Zeppelin. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot. And that goes to show the power of music. And actually this year, uh, Name That Tune, uh, if you grew up watching that, is coming back on the air. Uh, actually, I'm I think so excited. Next yeah, so... You know, I'd be like, I can guess that tune in through three notes. I can guess it in two. In that <laughs> tune. Yeah. I, I'm going to be interested to see how they do this one, though, because I liked it when it was just like the piano player and he'd play it, and I'd be sitting there like, I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know how they're going to do that, though. Do you think you would have won to name that tune? Absolutely not. I'm awful. I know songs. <laughs> I'm good at naming songs, but it's like I, I'm awful with artists. Hmm. So, like, I'm like, oh, you know, like September from, uh, 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 I mean, I know it's Earth, Wind, and Fire, but, like, uh, uh, it takes me a minute. So, yeah, I would have been, I would have got half God. points. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't do uh, half points. So, with 2021, uh, there is a lot a lot of things that's to come. I actually had a mm-hmm. long list of things. We're not going to go through all of them tonight. Uh, pretty much tonight, we I was going to go through uh, the 100th anniversary because 1921 will, especially this year, uh, things that happened in 1921 will turn 100 this year. Uh, things from 1971 turns 50, uh, and things from 1996 turns 25. Over the next couple of weeks, next couple of shows, we'll look at 1921 and 1996. Tonight's mostly 1971, uh, only because that's going to lead into tonight's retro PSA and retro commercial, <laughs> because both of these debuted in 1971. I'm not even going to give you a heads up as to what it is. I'm just going to play them when we get to that point later in the show. You already know what it is, even in the first few seconds. I guarantee you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, this year, 2021, uh, it is – I was shocked uh, because there's a few things that are happening. This year, of course, we have uh, presidential inauguration. Then, of course, we have the normal sporting things such as the Super Bowl and the World Series, hopefully. Uh, there are things that are going to be ending – Things that are going to be beginning, I think we'll see a solar eclipse this year around June 10th, uh, the second shortest lunar eclipse of the uh, 21st century will occur uh, May 26th around that time. The Summer Olympics scheduled this year uh, in Tokyo, which was supposed to happen last year. And there are things that are entering the public domain. Uh, when that happens, it usually is 50 years after the death of the person that pretty much created it. Uh, or it, I think, I uh, forgot how it also happens, things that were under the copyright term extension um, that were published in 1925 enter public domain as well. Uh, among the things that are going into the public domain is Tarzan, uh, and Parsoon by Edgar Rice Burroughs, uh, works by Etna St. Vincent Millay, George Orwell's Animal Farm in 1984, George Bernard Shaw's Man and Superman, Pygmalion, and uh, St. John, works such as Jimi Hendrix's Purple Haze, The Great Gatsby by F. Scott, F. Scott Fitzgerald, Errol Smith by Sinclair Lewis. I think out of all those, which ones would you be shocked that entered the public domain? Uh, I mean, the first one that just struck me as like, wow, he's been gone that long was the Jimi Hendrix one, um, yeah. Purple Haze. It's been that it's been long enough to 
because it would be after his death. But all of it is just wow. It's insane. Um, A lot of those works, it's like Orwell's works for Animal Farm, uh, War of the Worlds, those kind of things. It's just wow. Yeah, it's 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 insane. Yeah, just thinking about it, and there's so many anniversaries this year, uh, among which, well, also happening this year, on July 13th, that is a major date if you are um, watching television, because that is the date in which all remaining TV stations will be uh, required by the FCC mandate to shut down analog, uh, their analog signal. So if you haven't gotten to it by now, <laughs> it ain't going to happen no mm-hmm. more. Uh, but we talked about 1971. Uh, that was the year that the world population increased by 2.1%, which was the highest in history. Uh that year saw the deaths of Jim Morrison, Louis Armstrong, and Dwayne Allman of the Allman Brothers. All in the Family debuted on CBS on January 12th, so that's a big anniversary coming up here. Uh, also, the NASDAQ was created on that day, uh, February 8th, I'm sorry. Uh, but the Allman Brothers played their legendary concert at Fillmore East, and it closed on June 27th. Uh, Ed Sullivan aired his final episode. Starbucks was founded. Uh, Amtrak began their inner-city railroad service. Southwest Airlines began their first flights between Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was released that year. Uh, the wow. 26th of the voting uh, age to vote was certified, and Walt Disney World opened in Orlando. Uh, films that year were The French Connection, Dirty Harry, Clockwork Orange, The Last Picture Show, uh, People who were born that year included uh, Mary J. Blige, Regina King, Kid Rock, Lil John, Tom Green, Missy Elliott, Jeff Gordon, uh, Erica Badu, John Hamm, Johnny Knoxville, uh, Denise Richards, uh, Michael uh, C. Hall, Tupac, Mark Wahlberg, Ewan McGregor, Selena, Shannon Doherty, David Tennant, and Sofia Coppola and Dina Menzel. So they all turned 50 this year. Uh, oh, and don't forget Amy Poehler, Luke Wilson, Jenna Elfman, uh, Snoop Dogg, Sasha Baron Cohen, Winona Ryder, Christina Applegate, Jarrett Leto, and Ricky Martin. Everybody turns 50 this year. <laughs> Huge wow. year. Um, 1971. Uh, two other things that I found out tonight, tonight doing uh, the search for this show. Uh, Tapestry by Carol King. It was mm-hmm. recorded. During this month of 1971, released on February 10th, 1971. So that turns 50 as well. So I have that on vinyl still. Do you? Yes, I do. And for all those kids out there, vinyl, those are the really big CDs that are black that you have to have a special player for. No, yeah, I still have it on vinyl. It's um, um, I don't have it in my current home. Uh, it is still with my parents at their home, so it's in Illinois right now. But, yes, I still have that on vinyl. So if you want to borrow it, you'll have to go to Mary's parents' house, uh, knock on their door, and ask if you can borrow the vinyl, too. <laughs> they probably let you in. No. No, they probably <laughs> wouldn't. <laughs> uh, it's been snowing here. It, it might make for a little bit of uh, traveling along the uh, state here. So uh, weather has been kind of bad the last 24, 48 hours, so. Uh, but, yes, those are some of the things, uh, along with tonight's PSA and retro commercial, all in 1971. Next week, uh, should we have a little time, we'll take a look at uh, 1996, and then we'll also, at a later time, take a look at 1921. Quite a few things happening in those years in which there's anniversaries uh, that even when I went back, I was like, huh, really? I forgot about that. So, uh, interesting, interesting as I always say. Mm-hmm. But on to news, because there are things that are happening. And one of the things that I saw in the news here uh, that made the news a little bit after the holidays, and it, and it caught me in, I, I didn't know what to think, but it said that new apps make COVID-19 vaccine passports possible for travel. And it says that now that coronavirus vaccines are starting to roll out in the U.S. and abroad, many people may be dreaming of a day when they could travel, shop, and go to movies again. But in order to do those activities, you may eventually need something in addition to the vaccine, a vaccine passport application. 
Several companies and technology groups have begun developing smartphone apps or systems for individuals to upload details of their COVID-19 vaccinations, creating digital credentials that could be shown in order to enter concert venues, stadiums, movie theaters, offices, or even countries. Uh, the Common Trust Network, an initiative by Geneva-based nonprofit The Commons Project and the World Economic Forum, has partnered with several airlines, including Cathay Pacific, JetBlue, Lufthansa, Swiss Airlines, United Airlines, and Virgin Atlantic, as well as hundreds of health systems across the United States and the government of Aruba. And the app was created by group users uh, to upload medical data such as COVID-19 test results or eventually a proof of vaccination by a hospital or medical professional generating a health certificate or pass in the form of a QR code that can be shown to authorities without revealing sensitive information. For travel, the app lists health pass requirements at the points of departure and arrival based on your itinerary. I already know where you're probably going to go with this one. <laughs> um, this is kind of the same thing, I think, uh, because um, this is kind of one of those things where we thought about the app to notify users if, you know, there could have been a possible COVID-19 release or, you know, exactly where you were traveling to. It's almost like one more thing for Big Brother to probably kind of have. You know, we already know that there's a lot mm-hmm. of people within that QR uh, code. But I know in a world in which we want to know if other people have gotten it, especially if we're going to be in a big place with them, is it almost kind of better to probably just trust that they did it and got it? Or, hey, is this actually a good idea and everyone's going to ha- need to start carrying their papers? Where are their papers? <laughs> or QR code. Don't need no stinking badges. Right. Don't need no badges. Um, I, <laughs> this is a very slippery slope. Um, it's a very fine edge that we are that they're standing on. Um, there's a lot of information in those QR codes, depending on what they put into them. Um, mm-hmm. However, those could be pretty safe. So on one end of the spectrum. At least it's not necessarily all it can, you know, like the QR code could just have like yes or no kind of thing. Right. On the other end, that's that's a, that's an information storage system. The I don't want to say that I have an issue with it because more than likely, if that's something that's required, I'll do it. Um, it's going to divide a lot of people about whether or not that information is safe. And that's where that comes in. Like I know um, when, when virtual doctor's appointments started happening um, because of this and people freaked out because it's like, well, how can you prove that no one else is in the room listening to what we're talking about? Um, right. How can I, how can I, how can you guarantee that my information, my medical information, my name, my my birth date, whatever is safe? Um, a lot of our stuff shifted to being online, so a lot of our information is online. So how do you protect that information? So it comes back down to um, I see where they're going with it. Uh, I see that there could be a benefit to it. Um, it could be part of like part of your ticketing process because I mean I'm sorry when was the last time you had a like a paper ticket to something uh, think about it like when was the last time like the last concert I went to it was not a paper ticket but it was a it was a QR code on my phone and they right. went beep on my phone and that was how I got into this and then I showed it to the lady at the, the door and they're like oh your seat's over there a lot of MLB stadiums have gone to that method now. I know the year before going to baseball games, it was all on the phone now. They really didn't do paper tickets. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, you turn your – like, think about your airlines. A lot of people still – I mean, there's still people that cling to the paper tickets and they still accept them, but a lot of people, it's on their phones and they just put it onto a screen and they beep it and that's it. They never let go of their phone. It's, that's what it is. I mean, so having those QR codes – I see where there's the benefit. And they can add it to the ticketing process. So you answer this couple of questions. You say, yes, I've had the test. This was my last test. This is when I got vaccinated. And that adds it to your QR code you, on your ticket. You scan your ticket at a 
baseball game and the baseball game goes, oh, yep, this ticket, so they've answered all the questions the way that we want to, they're good. No, they didn't. I'm sorry, your ticket's invalid. You know, and it'll be real quick where it doesn't, all it says is, I'm sorry, this is just saying that your ticket's invalid. It doesn't give any information. The issues are going to be coming to, again, keeping that information safe. Right. Keeping that information out of the hands of people that want to use it in, in a nefarious way. That leads into my next question, because, you know, we live in a very tech-savvy world now. And as soon as one company does something, there's about 20 other companies that are going to come along and do the same thing. And I hope that if this is the case that we're going to be doing something like this, that it's as much as I don't like a lot of regulation, I want this to be regulated. Because with the case of medical records and anything else, I just don't want, say, uh, and I'm just kind of going off the deep end here, I don't want Google uh, having my medical records and being the official uh, app holder of my QR code because I don't know what they're going to use that for. They may use it, and I may see on my phone a lot of stuff for, um, you know, different stuff that, you know, it's just, they're going to use it for ad, ad dollars. You know, I, I don't know who exactly mm-hmm. would be in charge of all that, but I would almost rather there be some form of, like, uh, through either uh, – whatever the main medical associations are or hospital systems, that they be the ones that, you know, I know that's a lot on them, but that control that information and have it in those QR codes because at least you know it's your hospital system or doctor and not just say, you know, Microsoft or, uh, you know, something that's going to come up. Or Amazon, yeah. <laughs> I was like, because you know they're going to all come out with the same thing and want to be the one that does that QR code. And whoever is going to be the main person doing all this is going to really be the main person that has control of a lot of information and can use it for adver- advertisement or something else to push on you besides just holding your QR code. Because nobody does something for nothing. I'm sorry, you know, I'm right. not naive. No business does anything just to say, hey, we want to be the ones that at least hold your stuff. No, because you're going to do it for something else as well. You know, you're you're not in this just to do it, just to be a good guy. That's not the business way. <laughs> right. You're doing it to make money somehow. And if it's not somehow. off of the QR code itself, it, yeah, if it's not off the QR code itself, it's off of the information that you can get. Like you could sell – how many times have people forgotten, like, not look through the, the end user uh, agreement and you've agreed to let them sell your information for ad dollars? Right. I know I've been, I, I, I'll raise my hand, I've been guilty of that. There's been a few times, and then it comes back, and I'm getting all sorts of weird emails. I'm like, what the heck? I didn't sign up for this. Go back through and find it in an end user, and I go, eh, I, guess I guess I did. Now I have to unsubscribe and cancel and all these other things that I have to do. So, yeah, there's there's always that other side of it. So I wouldn't mind something, like I said, where it's like if you buy a concert ticket or what have you as part of that concert ticket. Like I have to answer questions when I go into work about my symptoms and all of that, but as part of that, ticketing process that you would just answer those questions with a date and then there's a little bit of yeah we have to take your word that was your last test date or whatever but they can always verify a little bit then then it's on you if you do come back and you've done something wrong then you can use that and be like yep hey you lied now you're never going to be able to do this again exactly you know yep i agree well kids guess what we're already like a half hour into the show. <laughs> That's how fast this thing goes. <laughs> You're listening to page one with LeVar and Mary, and as promised, tonight's retro moment and retro commercial. Uh, one thing about it, both uh, first uh, both first popped up in the mainstream in 1971, 50 years ago this year. The retro PSA was a Clio Award winner uh, and is well-known even to this day. And tonight's retro commercial is one that actually spawned a hit Billboard song and has been called by some as probably the most influential commercial of all time. Both of these happened in 1971. So uh, 
first the retro PSA, and then the retro commercial, and then we will return. And when we return, we'll talk about what has been the most stressful year ever. And also, we're going to try something new tonight, uh, something that I call News Potpourri, and I hope this goes well, or it could be a one-and-done already on January 1. But we'll find out. First, you're listening to Page One with LeVar Mary here on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be back. Some people have a deep, abiding respect for the natural beauty that was once this country. And some people don't. People start pollution. People can stop it. Write for Pollution Booklet, Box 1771, Radio City Station, New York. I'd like to buy the world a home and furnish it with love. Grow apple trees and honeybees and the white turtle dove. I'd like to teach the world to sing, sing with me. with LeVar and Mary on Block Talk Radio. Your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's LeVar and Mary. Um, in fact, 
they've ranked this year as the eighth most stressful. The 28 participants of the study included historians from both U.S. and British universities, including Yale, Stanford, Johns Hopkins, Oxford, and Cambridge, as well as independent historical authors. The survey itself was conducted by Bloom, a self-therapy app company, which sought to compare this traumatic year to others in recent years. And voted the most stressful year was 1862, considered the darkest year of the Civil War. Uh, Anti-Tom, the bloodiest one-day battle of the war, saw 23,000 men killed from both the Union and Confederate armies. A tie for second place was 1929, when the Wall Street uh, stock market crashed, otherwise dubbed Black Tuesday, which then led to the Great Depression. In 1838, known for the Trail of Tears, when thousands of Cherokee people were removed from their homes and forced to migrate to Oklahoma. Next on the list goes as follows. The 1919 Spanish flu pandemic, 1968, when both Martin Luther King Jr. and Robert F. Kennedy were assassinated. In uh, 1962, during the Cuban Missile Crisis. 2001, 20 years this year, during 9-11 terrorist attacks on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon. And then 2020. Um... I would think for the fact that because of the society that we now are in which we thrive on not being cooped up at home, I would think that would have been a little bit higher on the list. Are you shocked that it was only eighth? Uh, A little bit, but then going back through and actually looking at what happened in the other years that ranked above that, it kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, looking at it from a historical look, okay, let's back up. I am not a typical American. I know this is going to sound really rude, but because of what's going on, a lot of Americans these days, and I am pointing at Americans across the board, have shown how selfish we are and how we live in our little bubble and our three feet of space or five feet of space or however much you want to say is the most important space in the entire universe. I have been guilty of acting that way. Um, I'm hoping that I don't act that way. I act differently more than I act that way. Let's just put it that way. In this case, I can look at all those other years and go, yeah, I can see how that's really stressful and how if I were alive then, how bad that would be or how, given the time frame that it was, how bad that is what's going on, that kind of thing. Whereas I know a lot of people right now would be like, yeah, but uh, 2020, because they can't look past their noses. Like they're all bucket heads, as Pops would say. So um, I could see that. Uh, looking at it that way, looking at that perspective, I could see where some of those would be more stressful. Um, at first, though, just first blush, it was like, really? Eight? That was right. like the first blush, like not no, not looking back and going, oh, yeah, that's right, Trail of Tears. Oh, yeah, that's right, Civil War. Oh, yeah, that's right, Market Crash. Oh, yeah, that's right, you know, and actually like looking at the years for what happened. Wow. Yeah, it, it, I'm shocked because I would have thought maybe 1838 would probably be, I would think 1968 because it was just so – uh, it was just so much uh, going on. I thought 68 would have been higher. Uh, I, I really thought, even in the scope of 2001, 2001, uh, which yeah, I just thought about that when I was saying it, it was 20 years this year, um, it, it seemed that there was, after 9-11, uh, before then, there was a calm, and then maybe for a few months of some tenseness, but by, I think, uh, Christmas time after 9-11, uh, there seemed to be more of a numbness, not really a tenseness, a numbness as to what had happened because we knew it had changed our life and that things weren't going to be the same after that. that. Those freedoms that we knew at that point weren't going to be the same. Um I'm a little shocked that that wasn't really higher as well. I would think in history's time, I think 2020, when we look back at it, and I don't know what the final result of it will be because it's still going on, uh, depending upon what happens in the first uh, or 
well, of 2021, I think will probably be how we will look back on 2020. Because if we aren't able to get out of still something that was happening in 2020 by the midpoint or late this year, I think we're going to look back on 2020 and say, man, that was really bad. You know, uh, so history, I don't know where it will take it. Um, but for now, I guess I would have thought maybe sixth or seventh, not eighth, but mm-hmm. we shall see where it goes. Um, so I want to try something new. I think we did something like this a while back, but we didn't do it to the extent that we're doing it now. And so this week, because I did not know exactly how this show was going to go because there's so much that happens between Christmas and New Year's, and we don't want to inundate you with too many bad news stories going into the new year. That's why there was no commentary tonight, because while I had one, trust me, and I wanted to do one, I'm not going to start off the year like that. I want to do something fun. I wanted to try, you know, those stories that probably didn't make the front pages, but they now have an opportunity to shine. I don't know how much time we'll have for this one. So what I did, and I know no one can see, is I sealed three different stories in envelopes. And actually, I'm grabbing them now. So I have three envelopes here, uh, one, two, and three. And I'm going to ask Mary to give me a number. (laughs) I'm going to rip the envelope Mm -hmm. open. You know the way that, if you remember the uh, Johnny Carson uh, Karnak skits that he used to Karnak, Yeah, skits. We used to rip the envelope open. Take a look at what was inside there. You're going to put it to your off. forehead so you can tell what's inside of it first? <laughs> yeah, but that's, the, that's the only thing. I don't have a Karnak hat. I'm not going to be putting it to my head. And actually, I did this back at the beginning of the week, so I forgot which stories are in which envelope. <laughs> oh, that's even better. That makes it <laughs> yeah, even I know, better. Yeah, it's going to be even better because now you're going to see me, like, trying to get to the story right away and find it. <laughs> perspective gonna throw that out there so coming from the side with the with the tatas there are days 
and there are times, and probably one of the reasons why I'm still single, um, that that does come up and that does, there is still, I don't want to say hurt, but there's still, it still stings for somebody. And I think it might be a generational thing as well. Um, I think the younger generation doesn't care. I think that's why I said, I think it's shifted. Um, Whereas like your, your generation, my generation, our generation, I think still looks at males should be the provider in the family with a female playing a very supporting role. Not saying that we can't provide for the family, but that when it comes to those gender norms, it's me macho, guy, you, feminine, girl, both powerful, both partners, but I'm still the lead. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And I, I kind of agree. I, I mean, I think in a way it's gotten a little better, but I think there still are mm-hmm. some guys out there who would, and I don't know why. That's the thing that kills me. If your spouse, and especially fellas, if your wife is more successful, you know, and you know she is because everybody around that time knew Reese Witherspoon was a better actress and getting more stuff than Ryan Phillippe, you know, she's going to get more roles. Mm-hmm. So you wasn't aware of that before. I don't know what to tell you. You know, it would be like somebody that is, you know, it would be like if uh, Halle Berry married uh, nothing, that there's nothing wrong with it. If she married just a regular Joe, obviously he's comfortable with Halle Berry making a little bit more money than him. But I don't understand the whole thing of feeling this macho-ness based on money. Because if either one of you are successful at something, and then if you're also doing, you know, uh you know, your support in things in a relationship, that's what makes it grow. But, yeah, I think it's gotten a little bit better. I don't think you see that as, like, you know, the old days where it's like, no, I've got to go out and earn more money and you just stay home. Now, those norms Mm -hmm. have gone away a lot uh, since the 50s. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. That was just weird. And that's interesting to note that she didn't know that he was going to say that and it was unplanned. So, um, got time for another envelope. Go ahead, one or two. Um, uh, let's go with one. Well, Why not? Hold on. We'll save two for next time. <laughs> yes. Save two for next time. Ah, I'm so glad. Um, <laughs> this one. New York Post this week, uh, or a couple weeks ago, posted a <laughs> an interesting thing. Uh, a survey found that cheaters wanted, because at that time the COVID-19 vaccine was on the way, but cheaters wanted the COVID-19 vaccine so they can have, quote, responsible affairs. Um, that's what a new survey for the affair arrangement dating site <laughs> Ashley Madison is suggesting, which says that four out of ten cheaters would like to receive a COVID-19 vaccine so they can, quote, responsibly continue having in-person affairs. In a sample of 2,400 Ashley Madison members, 31% said that they were excited about coronavirus vaccines as well as decreased social restrictions in 2021. In the midst of global COVID-19 lockdowns, they asked their members if they were still going on dates with their affair partners. Many said they were, but noted they took precautions, including regularly using hand sanitizer, avoiding crowds, remaining outdoors, and uh, getting tested. Oh, gee, thanks. Uh, To receive the COVID-19 vaccine would add another layer of protection, allowing our members to continue safely carrying out these affairs. They also went on to explain that Ashley Madison users say that they use extramarital affairs as, quote, a form of self-care that helps them get through stressful or uncertain times. Other users claim cheating helps them avoid divorce. Um, (laughs) Yeah. There's more to this. I'm going to leave it there, but uh, you tell me what you think about that. Shocked? <laughs> I, oh God. Okay. Where Where do we even start? Um, While you're getting your words, that 63% of Ashley Madison members said that they partook in an affair just as much or more often than they did in 2019. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't even That's why I love the uh, whole like. <laughs> surprising of the story because 
<laughs> it's, a, it's an actual news story. I mean, I, I mean, I get. Oh God. Okay. Um, let's break this down. Um, I get what they're saying with having the vaccine and being responsible when they're going out and having a relationship with someone that is not in their household. I'm still stuck on the fact that you're going outside of your freaking household. What are you doing? Like, I'm super. I don't understand why people cheat. So I'm still stuck on the fact that they are cheating <laughs> and, and how they're saying that that's keeping them from getting divorced. No, your partner's ignorance is keeping you from getting divorced. That's ridiculous. Like, if your partner was okay with you having sex with somebody else, then you guys would have already had the discussion, and it wouldn't be the thrill of cheating. I really do think that that's the point. Like, they, they get get off on being able to go out and, like, ah. There are people I know that have, and I don't like it either, but they it works for them. They have an open relationship. They are in love with their partner. They absolutely adore them to death. And that is, mm-hmm. they would do anything for that person, but they are sexually incompatible with that person. What they want and what their partner wants is two totally different things. And so they both have agreed that they can look for the sexual component outside of their relationship. Now, that's, it works for, it doesn't work for me. It works for them. That's their relationship. Cool. They have to find people that they're, that's okay with them as well. Again, not my deal. If that works for them, great. Why do you have to cheat? Right. It's almost like people who want their cake. <laughs> I don't get it. And I'm surprised that people admit it. It's scary the numbers of people that admitted that in that survey. And even then, mm-hmm. tried to give a rationale as to why they cheated on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like if you're sitting there saying that I want to have a COVID test, I don't know yeah. what to tell you. I, if you're saying I want to have a COVID test because I want to go out and have sex, and that you know, hey, good on you. I'm a single woman right now, and it's it's hard to have a relationship with a pandemic going on and people being quarantined and like meeting people. Like, come on, that's that it's hard to do. That's a very hard thing to do. I am living it firsthand experience, totally doing it. However, I'm also not cheating on someone. I am single. This is my life. Right. If I found out the person that I was meeting got the COVID vaccine because they were cheating on a spouse, I would be like, peace, deuces, I'm out. That's not something I'm part of. <laughs> I don't, that part, I don't get. Wow. Yeah, I. I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> Yeah, it uh that's I don't I don't get it. And trust me, as a guy, I mean if it was guys that uh took that survey it's I probably have, both. Yeah. I have no idea. I'm about as uh <laughs> I'm about as uh flummoxed as the rest of you on that one. But yeah, that was uh actually I was like, I wish that was something for the onion. But it was not. <laughs> Not. I mean, bravo for being safe. Like, you want the vaccine so you can be safe. Congratulations, I guess. Like, bravo. I, I, your reasoning sucks. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, rationale sucks big time. It's like we got ourselves a ladies' man. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. At all. <laughs> really quick, since we have a little bit of time here tonight, taking a live look at what's trending on uh, Twitter, uh, Clemson uh, is trending right now, probably for all the wrong reasons. Um, <laughs> and um, I don't have the latest score, but I do know that they were losing pretty big uh, to Ohio State. I don't have. I don't even have the game on in front of me. Justin Fields trending as well. He took a really brutal hit from Clemson linebacker James uh, Skalski, <laughs> which um, yeah. And then uh, Dabble Sweeney is trending as well. A lot of football fans wondering if he should have uh, ranked Ohio State 11th on his ballot. <laughs> um, also <laughs> trending tonight, Alabama 
uh, who advanced by beating Notre Dame today. Um, the do you want the score for the Ohio State game? Because you know I have it on, even though I don't want to watch them. I was reading yeah, the <laughs> uh, Ratatouille the musical is trending uh, Ratatouille mm. the TikTok musical A crowdsourced phenomenon Born from a series of viral TikTok videos Based on Pixar's film Makes its debut performance On to- Today Ticks I don't know what that is um, Please don't ask me uh, But yes Those are some of the uh, Things that are trending and uh, so right now, just so we kind of have the heads up, we're in the third quarter, coming up close, close, getting close to closing the third quarter, and it's forty-two twenty-one. Ah, forty-two twenty-one, wow. Ohio State. I don't think most of you can go on DraftKings and make votes uh, and make a <laughs> make a gambles on that because that one sounds about over. Um, but yes. We are happy that you are with us here in 2021. I guess i got to get used to saying that. And just a reminder, uh, I will be with you here on Sunday night, uh, 401 Lounge with Sarah J. Thanks so many of you that tuned in uh, last Sunday night for the 401 Lounge. And uh, we've got Sarah J. coming up this Sunday night, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 o'clock Central. And then on January 10th, Marcy Diamond will be in on a Sunday night. But, of course, we'll be back with you uh, next week on uh, Friday night. Glad you're with us at the new time, by the way. Uh, 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central here for page one. But with that being said, my friend, do you have any uh, shout-outs this week? Uh, not this week. Um, the universe is starting to write itself, which I'm, I'm, I'm loving, but that's a completely separate thing. Um, I don't really have any shout-outs, but, like, Happy New Year to everyone. I hope everyone was safe. I hope everyone had a good time. I hope everyone did their um, either their virtual or their stay home or what have you. Like whatever they chose to do, no judgments. Whatever they chose to do, I hope it ended up being safe and and worked out for you and you brought in a happy, happy new year. And exactly. Any resolutions this year? And everything. Resolutions, um, my resolutions are always the same. I, I, I resolve to not make resolutions. I resolve to make life changes. So hopefully some changes will happen in this year. We'll see what happens. But um, so working on life changes at this point. Gotcha. How about you? I 2021, big year. I, I know, I know. 21, 21 I, I am hoping, praying, that it is way better than before because anything the bar is the bar is low, so anything's got to be better. <laughs> Last year, it, it, even like a small step will be even better. But hopefully by this time next week, uh, the things are a little bit clearer for everybody, and uh, hopefully we can all kind of just keep on moving into the new year. But yeah, definitely keep it walking here and. We'll be here with you on Friday nights. Um, we thank you, though, for listening, and uh, we appreciate you listening. And as I said, uh, Sunday night, I'll be here with Sarah J for the 4-on-1 Lounge. But, of course, back here again on Fridays, every Fridays now, 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central, page one with LeVar Mary. Tell a friend. And like I said, as always, Happy New Year. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.
page one. Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at News Comment BTR and add us as a podcast on Apple.